Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. And a very, very good morning to all our listeners. Uh, my name is Michael Buner. I'm coming to you live from Terrigal Surf Club. And what a day we've got here today. The IRBs are out there doing their stuff. And it is an absolutely fabulous day. Boats everywhere. I've got to tell you, if you are going to drown today in Terrigal, today is the day to do it because there's boats out everywhere and you won't have a problem getting saved. Joining me today, obviously Steve-O's not here today, so I'm steering the ship, but so also is this man next to me, Dave Brownie Brown. Welcome to the show, mate. Oh, beautiful. What an office, mate. Oh, how good is it, mate? It's great to get out amongst it. We are here a couple of weeks ago, had the Terrigal Ocean Swim. But this is going to be exciting. I'm going to talk to a couple of the uh, locals about uh, the contest that's out there today. There are rubber boats out there everywhere, and those little engines of theirs are going. Vom, vom, vom. <laughs> that's right. Mate, it is beautiful. going hard, mate. We've Absolutely got a... beautiful. We've got two hours of sporting action, lots to get through this morning. How good. I know we're in a rush because we've got our man on the line at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and well, we've got to start with Ailey. We've got to start with our Central Coast Mariners. How good is it? The finals on our doorstep. We've just come off a fantastic 2-0 victory over the Newcastle Jets at home. And here's how some of the action played out. Well, that would have been a wonderful goal. It's still alive for the Mariners. Ballard. Cummings. Cummings! Oh! Yeah! <laughs> Sensational from Jason Cummings. Double figures for the season, 20 games, 10 goals. The new cult hero of Gosford. Clear of Yule. Moresh. Lovely door by Moresh, but just a touch heavy, is it? Oh, and that Weir's not so bad to make it. And Benny and Kalalo will tap it into an empty net. And the Mariners have double their advantage. The goalkeeper wasn't strong enough in the challenge. And Benny and Kalalo applied the finishing touch. Oh, how good is that? Doesn't that just get you pumped? As does this guy, Mariners legend and coach these days, Nick Montgomery, joins us on the line. Monty, good morning, buddy. Good morning, guys. Uh, Monty, what a great uh, way to finish the season. A 2-0 victory in the F3 derby uh, and secured your place in the finals. Uh, Fifth spot, uh, which is an absolutely remarkable effort considering where the Mariners were uh, sort of some 10, 15 weeks ago. But uh, made an absolute credit to you and the boys for an outstanding finish to the season. And you go into the game against Adelaide, probably the two informed sides going into the uh, final series. It's not going to be an easy job going over there and uh, getting the job done, mate. No, look, it was great to finish the season off at a high. Three wins against the Jets, the first time in in the club's history we've done that. And we've broken a lot lot, lot of records on the way with such a young team. So... But we're going to the finals. Shame we didn't get the home final. I think it all went down to you know the last game. Western United probably should have got a draw in Adelaide, which would have meant we got a home game. But unfortunately, mm. that didn't happen. So look, we you know we travelled to Adelaide. Any game's uh, you know a tough game. It's always tough to go away from home. Uh, but we don't fear anybody. We'll go full of confidence. 
and we're confident we can go there and get a result and, and hopefully bring a semi-final back to the Central Coast next, next week. Well, that's it, Monty, isn't it, mate? I mean, we are just in red-hot form at the moment. Our last five performances have been fantastic. Uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a very, very red-hot game because, again, Adelaide United, they're in a similar situation. They're probably the two most informed teams in the competition at the moment. We go head-to-head tomorrow afternoon at five past four. It's going to be a cracking game. Where do we beat them? Well, we beat them in Adelaide at the Cooper Stadium, but, yeah. Got, uh, yes. <laughs> it's got all the ingredients for a fantastic game. You know, they were obviously, they're, they're a good attacking team as well. They've been on a good run. Um, but, like I said, we don't fear anybody. You know, I think over the course of the season, a lot of these young boys that, that we've got, you know, they've really grown. You know, they've had a lot of experience now for the first time this year. That's that's really helped them develop. So, look, uh, we... Uh, we go there full of confidence, and, and yeah, look, it's uh, it's a massive game. It's a it's a, it's a one-off game. We've just played five games, and then they just played five games and, and won five. So yeah, definitely got everything uh, everything that needs to be a fantastic game. Mate, looking back on that game last weekend, the goals and uh, Jason Cummins, he's had an outstanding year for the Mariners. Um, you know that was went in the double figures with that left footer. Uh, reminded me of the gold a couple of weeks ago by. Uh, and Kilolo, uh, similar spot, um, a, a great left footer. And then uh, the thing that impressed me most about uh, Kilolo's goal in the 62nd minute, it was an effort goal. And I think it's something that you've instilled into the squad throughout this season is that, you know, you, you don't get the rewards if the effort's not there. And, you know, he made that a contest. And fortunately, you know, it, you know there's nine times out of ten where that may not go your way. But that tenth time, if you're there and you give yourself a chance, you actually get rewarded for it. And it was great to see that effort gold there from Ancelotti uh, just seal the game for the boys. Yeah, look, that's one thing I try and instill in the boys. You know that mentality that even even a bad pass and over hit pass, you can make it into a good one if you put the effort in and, and go and get there or put pressure on whoever's receiving the ball. And I think that was a great example for Benny. You know, he never gave up and he was brave. You know, the keeper was six foot seven came out and yeah it was a bit of a 50-50 and, and Benny was brave and took the ball off him but to be honest after that we you know we probably could have killed the game off three or four times uh, I think we, we finished on 49 goals this season in the 26 game season I think the record for the club was 50 goals in a 30 game season so it's been uh, yeah it's been a, it's been a uh, fantastic season in terms of the league but we've still got a job to do and that's uh, go to Adelaide tomorrow and, and get a result because there's no doubt, mate, the Jets had their chances at various stages but couldn't capitalise, uh, especially one in that second half where uh, their striker basically had a, a free shot of goal. He knocked it over the post, uh, which was fortunate for the Mariners. But nevertheless, I, I guess any time you keep a team to, uh, um, you know, no goals is always a positive, mate. Yeah, clean sheets win games. And I think that was probably their... Their real big chance, you know, that, that they missed. But I think after that, like you said, it's going to go on chances. You know, the game should have finished 8 2, you know. So at the end of the day, it's, it was three points well deserved for us. First time we beat the Jets three times, and that was on for the fans, you know, 12,000 fans in the stadium, great atmosphere. And I thought the boys deserved that after the effort they put in this season. I thought that was a fantastic initiative from the club to get, to get the fans in, and it felt like it did back in 2012 13 when I came over and we won the championship. So. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great night for everybody. Monty, uh, obviously it's one game at a time, tomorrow being the main focus uh, to get to the next stage. But Melbourne City finished on top of the uh, the A-League ladder. Uh, clearly the team to beat, you believe? 
Well, I've said this uh, yesterday in the interview controversially. You know, I think the biggest injustice of the season was was our game at Melbourne City, where we had three points taken off us with two outrageous decisions. And you know, yeah. and, and you look back now, and if that, if them decisions had gone the way they should have done, you know, that would have been three points for us. Melbourne City wouldn't have won the championship the other night, and we'd have been having a home final. So yeah, that's, yeah, uh, good point. That's one thing that 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 still leaves a bit of taste in my mouth. Bit of fire in the belly for the boys too, no doubt. Yeah, for sure, exactly. Yeah, I don't think it's going to take a, a hell of a lot to get them all fired up, mate. This is a, a great opportunity. And to go over there and to snatch a victory, uh, snatch a victory uh, there'd be no better sweet moment for you and the team to be able to do that. Nah, look, everybody wrote us off start of the year. You know, so the boys just sat the other day, all the experts, not one of them had us in the top six. We made the FFA Cup final and, and, and now, we've, we're, now we're in the top six. So, yeah, it's great to prove people wrong. So yeah, the boys don't need any extra motivation. You know, they're all they're all winners, and and you know we want to go all the way. So yeah, one game at a time, and, and full focus on tomorrow. Brilliant, um, Monty, mate. You know what? We can't thank you enough. I know you've got training, mate, and uh, we really appreciate your time. We also believe we're the good luck charm. That's why I, I put that in my message to him, and I believe that's why he had to take my call today because we are the good luck charm, uh, and he had to delay training by an extra 10 minutes. So, mate, we really appreciate your time, mate, and wish the boys all the very best. You know, we'll be cheering for you, and hopefully we are here next week talking to you again yeah. uh, and preparing for a... Uh, the a, next clash. Yep, a semi-final clash, whoever that may be against, mate. So good luck. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Anytime. Good on you, Monty. Nick Montgomery, coach of our Central Coast Mariners. Great hearing that audio pumped us up. That was yep. courtesy, thanks to Paramount+. Plus. And, and, of course, we've got the game, mate. Central Coast, Adelaide United in Adelaide, Sunday, 4 o'clock. Yes. Okay, and then we've got the other game, which is tonight. That's uh, right, 7.45, yeah. Western United versus Wellington Phoenix. Phoenix. That's going to be a cracker of a game too. Both teams um, are, are in good form as well. So, mate, this I've got to tell you, this A-League season and this final series is pretty damn exciting. There's sides that are coming into this final series, you know, on a roll and have got some serious wins behind them, none more so than Central Coast and Adelaide. who have got five in a row the last five games. Like it's just phenomenal. Yeah, coming to you live from Terrigal Beach this morning. Still to come between now and 11 o'clock this morning, we're going to talk NRL Magic Round with David Fairley. AFL, Stephen Simon Smythe is going to be joining us. What about the basketball? Sydney Kings, oh. they're champions again. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. The, uh, Moose Rebuilded, we'll talk about basketball. We've got some boxing. Big Gal, what a heart. He, he, he really did. I, a lot of people have bagged Gal from boxing circles, but it's the loneliest place in the world, a boxing ring and he's just as tough as they come. Uh, group 1 racing as well in oh, Brisbane today. You're in your element. Doombin 10,000. Here so we go. We're going to talk about that a little bit Don't later they had on. they had to move that to Eagle Farm? They or? did, yes. Yeah. So the Doombin 10,000 is, is an Eagle Farm the, today. You're at the Eagle Farm 10,000. That's right. right it's gotcha. going to suit a couple of other horses a little bit better as well. Yeah. So uh, it's, there's a lot to talk about this morning. It is Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back to Saturdays on the Coast. We're coming to you live from Terrigal Surf Club. In fact, the Terrigal Surf Club Cafe. And it's a great little spot down here. And, mate, we are... You know, in front of us, we've got the IRBs, and they are going in and out of this water. You know what? It's actually quite impressive um, to see these guys and what they're able to do on this, these little rubber, yeah. inflatable dinghies, boats, whatever they are, mate. They, <laughs> they, uh, 
They it certainly looks go like home. a lot of fun, though, oh, doesn't mate. it? Oh, I'll tell you what, oh, I know you've got your speedos on right now, mate. <laughs> I, I'd love to see you out there and just have a little bit of a swim and yeah. get out there. Temp tempted, tempted, but, you know, not really, not, not really. Not so, Michael Butner and Brownie this morning filling in for Steve Allen. Saturday's on the coast on SEN. And it is time to talk some AFL right now. And uh, Simon Smythe joins us on the line. Simon Smythe, good morning. Good morning, Brownie. Good morning, Butte. And what a cracking place. The cafe down at Terrigal Surf Club. I'm very <laughs> jealous now that the sun's finally out for a little bit. Yes, mate, we're very, very fortunate. This is our backyard for uh, this all our office for this morning. And, uh, mate, we're uh, blessed with... It is a little bit cloudy here in Overcast, but nevertheless, mate... That's going to burn off. That'll yeah, burn off. Any time you're uh, out, and, <laughs> out and about and amongst it here, and there's plenty of people down here, I've got to say. Smythe, last night, mate, Collingwood versus Bulldogs. Bulldogs clearly way too good after a 3-5 start to the season. They're now 4-5, four and five, find themselves sitting in ninth spot. Um, yeah, a really good effort on their, on their part. Yeah, sure was, Butch. Look, the first quarter was the difference in the game. They were up by sort of six or seven goals at quarter time and mm. ended up winning the game by eight goals. But the story for me was really that the Western Bulldogs midfield, they got back near their best with Bailey Smith, the game's best mullet, uh, got 41 possessions and Adam yep. Trelaw against his old team, 36 touches and three goals to be best on ground. So for me, it was the midfield... Bontempelli back, Alex Keith back as the key defender down at fullback for the Bulldogs. They're starting to get some troops back, and over the next couple of weeks, Buttes, they've got some very winnable games, which should see them turn the season at 5-4 um, and give themselves every chance to sneak into the eight where they can do some real damage. Yeah, oh, look, mate, I'm glad you'd mentioned the Bulldogs midfield because you talked about Smith, McRae, Liberatory, over 30 disposals, uh, each and every one of them. And then obviously the former uh, Collingwood player, uh, Adam Trelaw, uh, who was big for the Dogs, 36 touches and three goals. Uh, a massive performance on his part. Yeah, and the Bulldogs, that's their strong suit, their midfield, and they get so much of the ball and they, they use it in such a, a different way to most other teams where they're very uncontested. They share the ball around and when the Bulldogs are at their best, they spread for the, from the contest. So they win the ball in close and they spread quickly and they've got some key weapons up forward, in particular Aaron Norton, who's one of the best key forwards in the competition. And once again, over the next couple of weeks, they will get some key forwards back as well with Josh Bruce did an ACL towards the end of last season. He'll be back towards the back end of the season. So I think the Bulldogs just need to keep winning enough games now to give themselves a chance of making the eight knowing that they'll have close to their best team come August, September. So, yeah, mm. exciting times for Bulldogs fans after a pretty slow start to the season. So yeah. you're saying they could be a smoky at the other end of the season there, Simon? I think they could, Brownie. And when they won the flag back in 2016, they actually finished seventh. So they're a team that's quite experienced in being able to do it the hard way, I guess. And if you look at their injury list, they've got probably eight or nine of their best 22 out at the moment. Um, and they're still able to hang in there and just win enough games to get through. So absolutely, I think I think the competition, other than Melbourne at the moment, is so even that any team from within the eight could get up and challenge for a grand final spot. So yes, if the Bulldogs get on a run and get their best 18 back out on the field, they're absolutely a chance to, yeah, cause a bit of damage in the finals. Other games to chat about. West Coast v Melbourne. We've got the Swannies v Essendon. Carlton, uh, GWS, they take on. Hawks, Richmond. But what about this mouth-watering affair? Saints and Geelong. Yeah, that's the one I'll be watching um, later on this afternoon. That's, <laughs> look, 
St Kilda and Geelong have had a great rivalry since they sort of brought up in the early to mid-2000s. They both had really young lists coming through and played in that classic grand final uh, back in 2009 as well where, where Geelong got up uh, in, a, in a rainy game. So, look, that'll be a fantastic game. Geelong, uh, they just, even though they're an older team, they just keep winning enough games to, to be right up there at the pointy end of the ladder at the right time of the season. So, Tipping Geelong, St Kilda have been a little bit up and down the last two weeks, have lost their last two. I'm tipping them to lose three in a row and Geelong to maintain their push into the top four. Mate, speaking of losing games in a row, uh, unfortunately GWS uh, have, I think they're on the back of six Six. losses in a row now. Uh, And Leon Cameron uh, has decided to step down. This will be his last game against Carlton, who are in fourth spot at the moment and doing a fabulous job. But uh, GWS, what's... It appears the wheels have fought off a little bit, mate. Yeah, it's, it's really concerning for the Giants. They've got such a talented list, Buttes, and, and they just, obviously, 2019, they made the grand final. They've won finals in five seasons um, under Leon Cameron's nine, nine-and-a-half-year mm. tenure. So they've been a really successful team, but haven't been able to crack it for the big one through Richmond's dominance uh, there over the last few years. So... Yeah, a bit, of, a bit of a concern. Leon Cameron, you know, he said during the week that if you're only 99% in as a senior coach, you're not all in and you need to step away. So he's done a magnificent job um, not only building this team but building up a club in Western Sydney where, you know, it's obviously dominated by rugby league. So he's done a great job. Um, the Giants, I think, have got Carlton at a good time. Carlton's real weaponry this year has been their key forwards in Harry Mackay and Charlie Curnow. And Harry Mackay's gone down during the week with a knee injury, needs surgery and is out for six weeks. So I actually think the Giants can win this one, Buttes. And, um, you know, at home, Sunday afternoon, Giants Stadium in Homebush, I'm hoping that they really rise to the occasion for Leon Cameron's last game and leave nothing out on the field. Um, mm. And, yeah, put a bit of a dent into Carlton's top four hopes. Simon, before we get your thoughts on the Swans-Essendon clash, mate, because uh, we haven't spoken for a while, I'd love to get your thoughts about where you put Buddy Franklin in the list of all-time greats. Oh, anyone who can kick a 1,000 goals and in the you know 150-plus years of the, of the game of AFL, VFL, there's only been six. So I guess that that shows the, I guess, uh, prestige in which Buddy is, um, you know, stands with and... You know, it's just a remarkable achievement. A thousand goals in a time where the big forwards don't kick that many goals. You go back to mm. the Dunstalls and the Lockets and the Ablets when they were kicking 120, 130 goals a season. You know, that was the full forwards were one out. They had the whole 50 to themselves, and they, you know, very often kicked five to eight goals a game. So for Buddy to come in in an era where kicking 40 plus goals is a really good achievement for a key forward. He's done a remarkable job. And, and Brownie, I actually don't think, um, unless football changes in the future generations and the game goes back to being more open, higher scoring, you know, and more one-out full forwards, I actually don't think we'll see another player in AFL history kick a 1,000 goals. So wow. it's not only his output around, you know, the 1,000 goals itself, it's the way that he does it. And if you go to the SCG, every time he goes near the ball, the crowd is just a buzz. It's just... <laughs> does things on the footy field that other people simply can't do as a six-foot-six player. Um, he is remarkable and will be a Hall of Fame and legend of the game. 
Yeah, you know what I love about Buddy Fung? Not only is you know, he can kick goals, but his athleticism, mm. um, that ability, and he's probably, his kicking style is very unique. He just tends to get that little arc in his run up and just swing that left foot around, and, gee, when he kicks it, it stays kicked. <laughs> and those scenes that we saw at the SEG are probably scenes we're not going to see for, you know, possibly ever again in relation to, yeah. you know, the fans coming out. And I think the game was delayed for some 30-odd minutes or whatever yep. it may have been. Just absolutely An amazing phenomenal. sight, though, wasn't oh, it? it was Incredible. And people were out there before he actually, the ball went and left his boot, which was the funny yet. Mate, the, the Swans, they take on uh, Essendon. Uh, it should be, you would think, a relatively, uh, well, I won't say an easy game, but uh, a game that they'll be going into uh, looking to collect, collect the four points. Yeah, they're going to um, assert themselves as finalists again and real challenges this year again for Utes. The Swans need to win this game. And, you know, they've dropped the last two. And, and you know, in a worrying sign for the Swans, both those two games have been at the SCG. So mm. normally the SCG is an absolute fortress for the Swans. So hoping for a massive crowd tonight, hoping the rain stays away. Swans, Essendon clashes, guys, have been such awesome games over many years and I, I look back to 1996 when Tony Lockett kicked that point after the siren in the prelim final against Essendon at the SCG to send the Swans in a 96 grand final there's been just a rivalry between the teams mm. um, you know, since that point and there's been look I can think of 9 or 10 games over the last 20 years which have been uh, wins to either team by under 10 points. So looking for probably a close one this game. Essendon's last quarter where they kicked nine goals to run over the top of Hawthorne last week was really impressive, but their season has been pretty ordinary. So the Swans just need to get back on the winner's books. It doesn't matter how they do it tonight, but they need to get their hands dirty. They need to win contested footy, um, and they just need to get the four points tonight. So, yes, absolutely tipping the Swans to get back on the winner's list, but won't be surprised because uh, if it's a close game, because these two teams seem to fight it out that way most seasons. OK, mate, we're closing in on news time, so we better get your thoughts on Richmond v the Hawks. Uh, Richmond for mine, Dusty Martin back. Uh, Richmond in the eight, um, another smoky to really go hard at the end of the season. So Richmond for mine, Brownie. Yep, and finally, West Coast and Melbourne. They are, uh, oh. we, we can tip you. We know what you're going to go with here. How much start do you give the yeah, West Coast, mate? How much start? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the number starts with two buttes. I think we're looking in the 200s here. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and West Coast have lost uh, Shannon Hearn and Andrew Gaff, two of their you know premier players as well, to add to their list. So look, Melbourne, it just depends how complacent they are. They'll win, um, and they'll yeah. win comfortably. It's just pick the margin. Simon Smythe joining us for a chat, all things AFL. Thank you, mate, for uh, being part of Saturdays on the Coast on SEN this morning. Always great to chat. Thanks, guys. Good on you, mate. Thanks to McDonald's Jones Homes. This is Saturdays on the Coast. And still to come, after a news check in just a few moments, we are going to talk basketball with the Sydney Kings champions, Moose Rebellion. We've got boxing. We've got racing. And also NRL Magic Round to come. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, indeed you are. This is, of course, Saturdays on the Coast. We're going to go right back out there now to the guys. Take it away, guys.
Yes, thank you very much. Thanks to Robson Civil. And uh, I'll tell you what, we're having a lot of fun out here this morning, by the way, with Robson Civil, over 60 years of leading civil construction experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au and great supporters of Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Now, as we've mentioned, still to come on the show, we're going to talk about Group 1 racing in Brisbane uh, just before 11 o'clock, the Doombin 10,000 happening today. Boxing, well, we saw through the week um, some very, very good performances from Nikita Zhu, uh, youngest brother of uh, uh, Tim Zhu and obviously son of the great mm. Costa Zhu, uh, put on a dynamite performance. It didn't go long, the Tim Zhu fight. Uh, Gallon had a shot at the Australian heavyweight title, Paul Gallon, and um, it was an amazing performance from him. He was outboxed, he was outclassed, but gee, what a heart to yeah. take so and, and in round nine, it actually looked like he had a chance yeah. uh, of actually turning things right around. So that was that was an incredible performance. We'll and talk more on that. And Harry Garside was ill. Uh, exactly, yeah, that's right. That's a light, and, light. Another, another a very nice and polished performance. Yep. Uh, basketball with the Sydney Kings, crown champions, Moose Rebilliard, a proud local, former school teacher of mine as well, oh, is, uh, is going to come go. along and join us. So uh, it'll be good to see Sir again. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, of course... NRL, uh, well, it's Magic Round, Buttes. It is Magic Round, and uh, we're very fortunate to be joined by Big David Fairley, uh, who's actually up there uh, at Brisbane. Uh, Dave, are you there, mate? Yeah, got you, Buttes. Yep, how are you going, mate? Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it, mate. What a start to Magic Round it was last night. Uh, two big games. Uh, the first one we'll touch on, the Knights versus the Bulldogs. Brownie, I know it's sad, but uh, the Bulldogs only managed to score six points. The Knights, 16, uh, in what was a pretty good performance on the back of seven losses. They needed to win the Knights, and Kalen Ponga probably led the way for them. He was involved in two of the tries, uh, Daisy, but uh, a good performance from the Knights mm. considering how poorly they've been over the last six, seven weeks. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Knights played really well uh, last week against the Cowboys, and they had that game, but they just, they just come up and sort of with some key errors uh, in the game, which ultimately cost themselves. But I could see some definitely some improvements there, and I like Hoy at 5'8". Um, so he's got a little bit more running in their game, and then um, Crossham went to 14, which I thought last night um, he played really well. So, you know, the Knights, they started off really well, and they got the momentum, and it sort of swung a little bit to the Bulldogs. Um, but then um, momentum went back to the Knights and the same old story for the Bulldogs. Um, you know, they, they beat themselves. They, they come up with unforced errors. Um, and the Knights were, Knights were really dominant from the whole game. And probably, probably the, only, the only thing that I would like to see from the Knights improvement was, I mean, if they can sort their kicking game out, I mean, they, they should have put another 20 points on the Bulldogs last night. But their kicking game mm. was probably off. But all in all, a, a really much-improved performance from Newcastle. So the coach, obviously, and their fans would be pretty happy with that. Dave, as a uh, suffering Bulldog supporter, as I am at the moment, uh, what do you think the Bulldogs have got to do? I mean, to me, it seems like there's just so many silly mistakes and unforced errors of just dropping the ball, you know, throwing, you know, not tackling the guy with the ball as he goes to throw a, a, a dummy to a player that wasn't even there. What, what do you put it down to, yeah. mate? Mate, I, I think it comes down to a few things, Brownie. Um, You've you got some guys that just are simply not doing their job. Uh, mm. I think there's a number of players in the team who are simply, I mean, the effort in, in all the little effort areas that probably no one notices, but there's, I, I see a lot of lack of effort in their team. 
uh, fundamental errors by individuals like schoolboy stuff. Yeah. Um, there, there doesn't seem to be any cohesion uh, between their, their nine and their seven and their one. I think, um, you know, they're all probably only just hanging in there and, and I wouldn't say there are any of them are in great form. I think Tavita Pangai Jr. looks unfit. Um, I don't know whether he's mm. injured or not. And, um, yeah, I guess one positive thing... Um, Matt Burton has been their best player by a mile. Even yep. um, last week when they played Canberra, I thought he was the best player on the field. But, um, yeah, they've, they've got a lot of work to do. Um, just to show, you know, you, you buy all these players, it doesn't mean you're going to win games. Um, and they've, they're certainly just a team that are looking like lacking cohesion, lacking confidence and making basic fundamental errors. And whenever you do that, it doesn't matter who you play. You, you just you just beat yourselves. You, you can't win football games. Got a feel for Trent Barrett too. Oh, most definitely, mate. You know, it's been interesting days, and I'd love to get your view on the Matt Burton situation because obviously, you know, when you consider he was playing left centre last year for Penrith, and if he was there this year, I dare say his name would be well and truly mentioned or put in consideration for the New South Wales blue spot. Um, so whilst he left the club um, to go to the Bulldogs, um, you know, for, oh, I dare say, opportunity, financial reasons, whatever it may have been, I just go, wow, is it, what sort of effect has that had on his career uh, in terms of his representative opportunities? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, a, it's, it's gone on forever, mate. Is, um, you know, a lot of individual recognition comes from winning teams. And, and mm. you know, I've seen a lot of, a lot of, players represent football um, purely not they're, they're good players but the fact that they're in very good football teams yeah makes them makes them a better player so but Matt Burton um, is not any less of a player than he was at Penrith however the team is a much lesser team than what he had at Penrith so therefore he's yes. not going to get the opportunities um, you know Penrith he was on the back of Luai and kicked out out on that left edge so yeah, he was he was getting the benefits of all the work that was done inside him and outside him, whereas now he, he's creating that and he's creating some good things. You know, he's kicking game and a couple of kicks to add a car and one for a try. Yes. And he can kick going. a ball, I mean, can't he? Everything. Yeah, yeah, he's good. But, he's got um, all the skills. You know, like, and I, I think I think the point you're making, mate, is also very similar to Ado Car on the left on the left wing there. He, you know, on the back absolutely. of what what they were doing, with, you know, the Melbourne Storm and the opportunities they were creating. He's, yeah. you know, suddenly finding his form a little bit and they're understanding, you know, what he can do. But he's nowhere near the player he was or having the impact. Sorry, I won't say he's nowhere near the player. Yeah. But certainly not having the impact um, that he had when he was at the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, and that's right. Because purely because he's not getting the opportunities presented to him. Yeah, he's not playing outside Munster and Justin Holland. So uh, it's, a, it's a big difference for him. But, you know, they, they've, they've got a lot of work to do. Game two uh, last night in the Magic Round, Sea Eagles Broncos. I don't think anybody saw this scoreline coming. Yeah, it was. Well, I didn't. I didn't see it coming. Um, Manly, um, they were they were off. I mean, Broncos. The ball went dead from the kickoff, um, yeah. so it wasn't it wasn't an ideal start. About four minutes into the game, before they touched the football, and, and look, look, you know, Turbo, he, he's playing on one leg. He, he's not right. Um, you mm. can clearly see that. Not that he would have. Um, made a you know a great difference in that scoreline, but um, I think what what surprises me, and I was actually talking to um, the Broncos coach after the game, is like the turnaround in Brisbane. The, the first couple of weeks of the competition, I mean Brisbane were woeful. They they were so they were so 
off their game. But full credit to Kevy because now that's four on the trot now for Brisbane. And watch that side play last night. They are, they are playing this um, direction with with um, you know their, their 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 running game is direct and strong, and, and they're getting over the ad line. They're using the footy. I'm loving I'm loving um, how they're getting the ball to Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farmworth. Mm. On the run, um, they're playing really well. Tamari Martin, I think, has been um, enormous for them at the fullback. I think it's been a great move putting his son um, Billy into hooker. Um, so all of a sudden, the direction for the Broncos um, has been has been way better, and then that's really showing. And then Selwyn Cobbo's in huge form. Um, yeah. So everything's sort of just really been really flipped around for Brisbane, and they're they're, they're hard to beat. They're going to be. They keep going the way they're going. They're going to they're going to you know, be right up there at the end of the year, mate. There's one player you didn't mention, and I'm glad you didn't. But Adam Reynolds, and I'm going to sum it up in two words: mm, master oh, yeah. class, <laughs> mate. Yeah. He was well, unbelievable last night. And you know what? It's no coincidence that in the last four weeks they've won the, the four games. Tiara uh, Martin at uh, fullback there. He's been there for the yeah. four games as well. He was. Unbelievable last night, and the first three tries on the back of some amazing yeah. kicks. He is in, you know, remarkable form at the moment. Yeah, I mean, he's chip and chase for himself to score a try. But I mean, that he's their marquee player. He's their marquee signing. He's getting the yep. most money, and he's delivering. And and you know, when you when you got your seven, who's 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 your marquee signing? That's his jobs and roles and responsibilities to put your team in a position to win football games and. That's exactly what he's doing, and people are just riding on the back of it. It's great to see. You're right, mate. He was a, he was a class above last night. Hmm. Well, uh, Dave, if there's one game this round to really look forward to, maybe more than any others, is the Panthers v Storm clash tonight. What a game this is going to be! Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be. I mean, a tremendous game. Um, you know, the thing is, obviously Melbourne have got a couple of injuries. You know, Remus Smith, oh, he's gone for the season with a peck, and Ryan Pappenhausen. Yep. Um, he's, out, he's out with a knee and a hamstring. But one thing about Melbourne, you know, they've got this sort of next-up mentality, and there's no doubt that the Penrith have been the front runners of the competition now for the last two seasons. They've clearly been the best team, the most consistent team. Um, but then you look at you look at Melbourne; um, they've been the most consistent team. So they they've been what Penrith have been doing. They've been like that for 15 years. So. Penrith, Penrith is the beginning of potentially what could be a very, very long run of being a dominant team. But Melbourne have a, a, a tremendous culture. Um, they've got some injuries. Penrith are coming off a win. Um, everything's just saying this is going to be a great game of footy. I, I, you know, I know Penrith are you know, probably favoured to win, but you know, I really can't pick it. I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. I think it's going to be fantastic. Well, mate, I'll tell you what, we'll let you think about this during a short ad break, if that's okay, because we'd like to see your tip, because I want your tip and I want Butte's tip on this one as well, because I'm very curious to see. So, Dave, if you can hang around for a few more minutes, mate, that would be great. No worries, guys. As we do Saturdays on the coast on SEN, thanks to Robson Civil. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. 
And good morning. We're coming to you live from Terrigal Beach this morning with Michael Butner, former rugby league legend, and Brownie this morning filling in for Steve Allen, the man who knows all about all sports. But right now we're going to continue our chat with uh, David Fairley, former league legend himself, uh, and we're talking about Magic Round. And look, I'm not going to push you guys for a tip this morning uh, about the uh, the mouthwatering clash, Panthers and Storm. But let's move on to uh, to some of the other games, uh, including uh, this afternoon Warriors v Rabbitohs, Buttes. Yeah, well the Warriors haven't done a hell of a lot this year, I've got to say, and they've been really disappointing, um, as have the Rabbitohs. And what I will say, Daisy, when you think about how well or what the sort of direction that the Broncos have had, it's no coincidence that the Rabbitohs appear to be rudderless to, to some extent, and that's because they've lost Adam Reynolds, and he's made such a big difference. I, I find it really hard in terms of their recruitment how they could have ever let someone like Adam Reynolds go. go. Oh. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it seems like a bizarre... Um, a thing to let him go. Obviously, he wanted a, a long-term deal. South weren't prepared to do that. They were prepared to backlock on Elias in that position. But clearly, you know, with, without um, um, Adam in the team and obviously Luttrell missing, so, you know, relying on Damien Cook and Cody uh, to get mm. them around the park. And clearly, Cody, um, I mean, he's a fantastic player, but he, he's, not, he's not the same as last year purely because he doesn't have have those other two players that were creating opportunities for him, but um, South Sydney—they've been—they've been disappointing. They're—they're you know trying to, I guess, readjust and not having Adam Reynolds there and, and learn to play. And Lachlan Ilias is trying to find his feet as a young halfback. And um, you know, with young halfbacks, there's a bit of there's a bit of pain with that that they've got to be prepared to go through. Um, but certainly, um, you know, you'd hope you'd like to think that would get on the improve. Um, and the same thing, Togan. I mean, the Warriors have been. Yeah, you know, disappointing. I mean, it's just as bad as it's to say, but it's, it's kind of we say this every year about the Warriors. You know, they, you, you, there's high hopes for them, and you want them to do well. Really want sort of New Zealand and um, rugby league to do well, but yeah, you know, but disappointing. And you know, like a couple of weeks ago, coming off a, a 70 70 point um, flogging from Melbourne, yeah. and then um, last week. So yeah, I, I really can't pick this one. I mean, it's, yeah, conditions up here aren't ideal. Look, it's going to be a little bit um, better today, but yeah, both teams need to win. Yeah, well, I reckon by the time we get to tomorrow's clashes, mate, we're going to be on a heavy ten because it's uh, it's it's a lot of lot of water underfoot, isn't it? And 100%, it's just mate. chopping up. Hundred percent. So we've got the Titans and Dragons on today as well, and as we mentioned earlier, Storm versus Panthers is going to be an absolute ripper of a game tomorrow. See, it's the Sharks versus the Raiders. The game I'm looking forward to, uh, the Roosters taking on the Eels. Uh, you know, the big game or big performance last week from the Eels uh, who knocked over the Panthers by 22 points to 20. Uh, uh, first loss for the Panthers this year. Uh, Eels um, seem to always step up for the big games, mate, and this will be no different uh, tomorrow. Yeah, this, I mean, this is a really big game. A game I'm really looking forward to. So Roosters, they, they end up having a really good win last week up in Mackay and Parramatta, um, the way they played last week, um, clearly that, that was the best game of the season so far, that, that game last week, parramatta yep. it was It was a phenomenal game of footy. And Parramatta, they, they, they replicated the game that they played in Pen- against Penrith in the semi-final last year when they quite possibly could have or should have won that football game. And um, so, that, you know, Parramatta, that, that's what they're capable of. And, and, you know, listening to Brad Arthur during the week, he's absolutely right, like, they, they have that, but they've got to produce that again. And that's that's the difference between where 
Melbourne are and Penrith are compared to, say, where Parramatta are at the moment, say, where the Roosters are. So, you know, both teams, um, Parramatta and the Roosters, will be looking to, you know, we say it all the time, but to build on what they did because, I mean, everyone can come out one week and and put a really good performance together. And I think Parramatta have the team to win the competition, but they have to play like they did last week again. Um, we just got to see that type of effort and, and commitment from their players. So that's it's going to be a good game. And Dave, we'll get a quick tip for the West Tigers Cowboys clash from you. Um, I think it's going to be hard to tip against the Cowboys. And Todd Payton's mm. um, done a really good job up there. You know, last year they were, the, they were the worst team in the league with defence. Um, they've got some young guys in there. They've got a really good balance of older guys and young guys. And playing a really simple style of footy and. and um, yeah, they're going well. So, yeah, I think the Cowboys are with that. Dave, thank you very much for joining us again this morning, Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Enjoy the rest of Magic Round, mate. Pleasure, guys. Good on you, Daisy. You know, what a great wrap that was. Magic Round up there in Brisbane. Fantastic weekend. But uh, here we are at Terrigal Surf Club and overlooking the IRBs and they're out amongst it. I was saying earlier, Brownie, that if you're going to drown or at least get yourself in trouble out in the water today, <laughs> it's a good time to do it. And joining us is the uh, Director of Surf Sports and a life member of Surf Life Saving Australia, Don Van Campima. Thank you, Don, for joining us. Really appreciate it, mate. You're a, uh, a local boy from Shelley Beach. Uh, what a big day this is. It's a, uh, it's a huge day. Uh, a lot of the competitors have really been looking forward to today. We've had two years of um, COVID and, and bad weather and uh, we've got the, the 16 clubs here really wanting to, to hit out, have a great run. Uh, conditions are absolutely fantastic. We've got a wave, which they love. They love uh, <laughs> getting a bit punching. of air. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're getting some air today, going out and coming back. How do we go with the 16 clubs? Are these being selected from previous trials or is this just the way that... That's worked out. This is the way it's worked out. Uh, normally, we have around about the 2024. 20, yep. But with COVID, it sort of uh, hit a few clubs fairly hard. Uh, the clubs come from uh, as far north as uh, Nobbies uh, in Newcastle. Okay. Climber Downs in the south coast. Uh, but our, probably our two big clubs at the moment are Caves Boots from uh, from Lake Macquarie. Yep. And uh, Climber Downs from the south coast. They're the two really great gun clubs. And where do they go from here? Do we? Does it go further interstate? Does it go? Uh, do we go national? Where, where does the competition take us? Yeah, all of the above. So we have four rounds of the uh, the Premiership, uh, sponsored by uh, Sharkskin, who uh, been a long time sponsor. We have our uh, state championships at uh, Southwest Rocks in um, early July. And uh, we go up there for, for two days of really hard-hitting competition. And then two weeks after that, we're down at Molly Mook for the Australian uh, Championships down there. So these four rounds here, this is just a, a competition within itself. Uh, all these teams are more than likely going to compete at the state and the national titles? Yeah, they will. Yeah. So uh, all these 16 clubs, I wouldn't say all of them may go to, to uh, Australian Championships. But we have a premiership of four rounds. And uh, they all compete in that. We hope for, to uh, get a few more clubs coming through. Uh, now that we've, you know, we've, st we've started competition, a couple of them qu aren't quite ready uh, to, to start this year, but uh, they'll be coming through in the, the future rounds for the Premiership and uh, state championships. I'm hoping to have the, the full 24. Give us some age groups, mate. What do, we what do we cover with the age group spread? Well, age groups, we're looking at uh, probably our youngest uh, athlete is around about 15 years of age, which mm. are our patients. Yep. They're the ones that uh, get, uh, we'll call them a tea bag. They get ducked <laughs> into the water and they get pulled back out again, thrown into the IRB. Oh, okay. You know what? I'd be good at that because I don't like swimming, but I'm a good tea bag. Just up and 
down. That's all I say. I yeah, want to go for a swim, yep. I'm a teabag. Yep. yep. So we've got the youngest at 15, and yep. I think it's some of the oldest ones we're looking at about 60 years of age oh. are some of the drivers. Yeah, right. That's fantastic. Look, mate, we've got to go to the news. We're going to, uh, I'm hoping you can hang around and give us a, yep. bit, a little bit more info about uh, the IRPs because they are sensational. And like I said, if you anything's going to go wrong out there today, you might as well... Today's the day, today's the day, the day to do it. You, and an office we have got coming to you live from Terrigal Beach, Terrigal Surf Living, uh, Life-Saving <laughs> Club. I'll get out eventually. We've got news in just a few moments, and then we're back into it for hour two of Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, so we are coming to you live this morning from Terrigal Beach here with Michael Butner, former league legend, and Brownie. Hello, filling in for Steve Allen. And hopefully we'll catch up with Steve Allen as part of Magic Round. He's up mm. there on the microphone at some stage in the next half an hour. But right now we're going to continue our chat as we've got an amazing, amazing uh. office this morning with the Surf Life Saving New South Wales cruise boats. We've got the, the IRBs the are out there. Ready. Hang on, I've got to ask Tom, what does IRB stand for? Oh, hang on a sec, hang on. There we go, Donnie. Here we go, sorry. So, yeah, inflatable rescue boat. Yep. So, uh, IRB, shorten it up. Yeah, that's what we guess, mate. <laughs> IRBs, I like it. Now, Donnie, let's talk about the IRBs. And uh, I dare say, mate, uh, anytime you're putting petrol into anything, you're obviously going to try and enhance the performance of the engine. Is that the case with these things, or are they all standard across uh, the way... Or the whole competition? Well, they are standard, but there's always a, an additive that they can put into the fuel, maybe a bit of castor oil or an additive that... Uh, gas? Uh, not quite out gas. <laughs> uh, a few of them have tried that in the past and um, and c- come to grief. But, yep. uh, yeah, you can actually smell the Avgas uh, pretty pretty much as it's coming through. So. Right. And it, it, would be, it would be fun until you hit the first uh, wave, wouldn't it? The oh, Avgas, yeah. you'd go pretty hard into the first wave. What about the uh, what about the inflation levels? Are they standard or is it depending on the the individual you know, pilots and crew? Yeah, yeah they're, they're standard. They're uh, four and a half uh, PSI, which is not a lot of pressure in the, for, for a hull. But they can pump them up a little bit more, but they've got to be careful uh, on a hot day because uh, air, air will in, uh, expand and uh, can actually pop the seams on the, on the craft. So yeah, you've right. just got to be a little bit careful there how they, uh, the pressures they use. Donnie, talk us through the various uh, races that are here. Obviously, you know, it's so many, well, it's such a long day today. I'm assuming that there's a whole lot of different categories and, and race styles. Yeah, so what we've got is uh, four different races. We've got the, the tube race, so we've got a, a swimmer that uh, jumps out of the IRB, picks up a patient uh, around uh, what we call one of the cans of the boys, uh, swims them back to the IRB, picked up and then uh, come back into shore. But we've got the rescue, which is a straight-out race from the shore, around the cans, pick up the patient, throw them back into the, into the IRB, back into shore. We've got a mass rescue where we have two patients out there. Oh. They start, they pick them up, pick up one patient, come back to the shore, drop them off. Then they go back out, pick up the second patient, then come back in. And then well, they have the teams, which is then two set, two drivers, two, um, two crewmen. And um, then they've got two patients out there as well. So one, t- one crew will then go out, pick up the patient, bring them back. They'll change over the, the crew, uh, the driver and the crew person, and go straight back out, pick up the second patient, come back in. And then we also have the IRB relay, which is um, a combination of all four of them. Wow. And, uh, and do that 
and we're hoping to, to do that later this afternoon. How do you train for stuff like that? Is it basically doing the same thing over and over again, or do you throw some poor sucker out there in full clothes and sloppy <laughs> Joe jeans, trackies, just to make it a bit harder to tug him into the boat? What, how, how do you train? Uh, train virtually the same. They'll just drop out uh, two uh, two cans or two two boys. Yep. Uh, they drop a patient out there on the on the back end, and they'll just run out there and. You pick get volunteers up. for the patients? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fifteen-year-olds love it. Getting out there, it, screaming out there and screaming back. Yeah. Okay, mate. Yeah. So you know, I see there's also a component where. They leave from the beach. They've got to run into the water. Which they're doing right this moment. Then jump into the uh, the IRB and away they go. Um, well, obviously, that's a pretty important part. and can, can make or break, I guess, your race. Most definitely. I think the, the key part is, and we just saw one team out there at the moment. Geez, old mate almost came off there. Yeah. He's not hanging on real well. Uh, he's got to have three points of contact, which he has, but he's only just got them. Yeah, so, he, he, yeah okay. <laughs> so the running's important, but the, the most important part is that the positioning of the, uh, the IRB itself has got sufficient water underneath it so when you actually jump that crew jumps in they've got water there around the propeller so they can push off oh. if that propeller's sitting on the sand they're just going to be stuck frothing there, you know, or polishing the pr- propeller with sand so yeah. they've got to have sufficient water under there so they can actually accelerate quickly get in there go out past the waves and off they go again right okay and then obviously they've come in, they're coming into shore now it appears that someone jumps off uh, out of the IRB and then sprints to uh, looks like a turning boy, and then they're back at it again. Yep, so this will be the, uh, the the mass rescue. So yep. the driver exits the IRB, uh, goes around a, a turning boy, goes back out again, and the crew jumps in, and, the, and they're away. Oh. Uh, so uh, the motor is actually dead, so they've got to actually kill the motor yep. as soon as they come back in, and then they've got to then start it back up again. Get it going again, okay. And obviously, you know, and this is part of you know surf lifesaving uh, is the elements and of course the water yep. and the ocean and the, and the waves coming in this obviously has a massive impact and, and can make it can make or break your actual event oh most definitely um, the, the key component is this is a training exercise basically and we're using it for competition for for our lifesaving patrols uh, during the weekends you know which finished uh, you know, a few weeks ago yeah, yeah. so we, we're enhancing our, our driver and our crew person skills so then when we do our rescues on, on the beaches on normally we can uh, we're better prepared Lovely. Well, it's an action-packed day today. What time does it run till this afternoon? Yeah, we're looking around about 3.30, 4 o'clock, and then we're yeah. starting at 8 o'clock tomorrow for our finals. Oh, wow. So it's on again tomorrow. And you know what? It's a great opportunity for people to come on down and just check out the action here. There's plenty of uh, things to see here, no doubt about it. Well, and this cloud's going to burn off as well fairly 100%. soon. So it's going to be a beautiful day to come down to Terrigal, have a walk around, watch some of this fantastic action, and, and have a Saturday out. We appreciate your time, Don. Really no worries. Do, Thank you very much. Good on you, buddy. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, mate. Yes. Okay, well, it's time to talk uh, a bit of boxing right now. Well, your Brownie, mate, Gal. Brownie, do you remember you and I went in, we went toe-to-toe. That's right, right yeah. We brought out the boxing gloves and we just were in the... Well, we're talking about it for about uh, probably 12 <laughs> months before it happened. And it was uh, it was a time that we did yeah. a, uh, a program together and I brought the boxing gloves you in. brought them in. And then I gave you the headgear. I made the mistake of giving you the headgear with the big big uh, metal bar to protect your jaw. Yes. And that was pretty silly from me because I had no headgear on. And uh, and then what happened was I kept hitting you in the jaw thinking to slow you down, but you still you look like you yeah. could still play footy today and run around and play probably 78 minutes. But uh, I kept hitting you in the jaw. I think you threw about 
430 punches in three minutes and, and you hit me three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I threw only about 30 and hit you 18. Yes. But I couldn't slow you down. Nah, so, nah. Uh, But that was a lot of fun, that boxing event there. But uh, It's a shame you didn't bring him today, mate. Cause you put, <laughs> you put, you put. <laughs> well, the, the boxing action, Paul Gallon, let's, let's start. Uh, he had a crack at uh, the Australian heavyweight title. Uh, he fought Chris Tzevsky, and, um, you know, who's a, a well-credentialed and an exciting sort of boxer with good skill levels. And it went the distance. Gal got beaten. Um, he was outclassed. But I can tell you, gee, he's got a heart. And, and he really took some punishment. He kept walking forward. And even in that, that ninth round, Gallon, like, he had um, he had Tzevsky in a little bit of uh, trouble. And it looked for a second there that, look at this, he's just got that will to win. And yeah, yeah. you've really got to take your hat off to Gallon. Look, there's no doubt. It was a unanimous decision, 97 and 92 by all three judges. Yeah. So, so it was pretty clear and apparent. It was. Um, you know, Tuzevsky yep. had got the job done. Mm. Uh, there's no denying his guts, yep. how tough he is. Fans were left in awe Absolutely. of the former NRL star and his performance. And in particular, this guy's 40 years of age. That's right. right. And, and, he, and he concedes the fact that Father time is catching up with him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't help but think that if, you know, Gallon had stopped football a lot earlier, I mean, he had a decent football career. Yeah, he did all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if he'd, if he'd have gone into boxing, uh, you know, maybe 10 years earlier, I've got absolutely no doubt he'd have been an Australian heavyweight champion. Um, Could, you know, what? when you consider... What, he's been fighting for, what, three or four years? I think he's had 15 fights. He's won 12 of them. Yeah, right. uh, and, and, look, they haven't all been strong opponents. I mean, Justice Hooney is the best fighter he's fought quite comfortably. And, and, and he was commendable in that performance against him. Yep. So, I, I, And, again, you're talking about a guy who has only donned the gloves... His professional career was in rugby league. That's right. These guys are professional boxers. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I hear the point about, you know, whether, you know, these guys, you know, the ex-NRL players and, you know, players with names or, or people with names mm. come along and, and... And have a crack at something that other people have inspired correct. to do for their whole well, life. Right. I, all right. Yeah. I, I get all that. But you know what? He's brought a lot of interest... Absolutely. ...to the game of boxing, right? Mm. So no one really cares about... What's his name? So I don't even know his name. So uh, Tzevsky. Tzevsky, right? Yeah. No one really knows and no he, one's heard about him. And in fact, Paul Gallen walked out of the press conference saying, mate, you've actually done nothing, nothing to, to promote, promote this. the fight. Yeah, right. you're here on my name. So Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah, so look, he, he's done well. Where does he go from here? I don't know. You, you watch and you see a guy take a fair bit of punishment and, and at that age and you think, you know, you've done really well, but I've got a funny feeling that's not his last fight. He'll fight again, Gallen. You know what? I think if he does fight again... It will be a big money fight, yeah. and then that is it. Like I yeah. just cannot see him putting himself through at the I age of forty, not. and he realised. Yeah, correct, mate. You know I what? I sort of hope not. The Sunny Bill fight that won't happen. I mean, there's talk about Sunny Bill fighting that uh, YouTuber, that Jake Paul guy. Yeah, that could happen. That would be that'd be great to see. But uh, look on the undercard there as well. Um, Harry Garside, uh, lightweight champion. Uh, he beat uh, Leighton McFerrin, uh, and look, he, he was pretty impressive. I guess the interesting thing about that was he. His previous fight was only 35 days ago. Yeah, that's a so quick turnaround. So the turnaround was massive, yeah. but a massive effort. Stopping him, uh, McFerrin, in the seventh round. Yep. Uh, you know, you've got to bear in mind, this is the Olympic bronze medalist. Yep, that's right. Uh, from Tokyo. Um, he's now the Australian lightweight champion. And, uh, mate, he's had 
He's had a good start to his professional career. That's right. As have uh, Nikita Zhu, younger oh. brother of Tim, son of the great Costa Zhu. And uh, look, he, he hits pretty hard. Nikita Zhu looks like he's really got some power. He made pretty light work of his opponent. I'm going to ask you, is he on a collision course with his brother? Oh, no, they won't fight each other. I mean, they're... Come on, they're weight, bring it on. Their weight division probably only varies about a uh, kilo and a half and two kilos yeah. between them in their fight. So they are pretty similar in weight in weight classes. I think, you know, it's nothing. They're light middleweight, super lowweight. Okay. It's, it's basically the same, but they're not gonna, they won't fight each other. Let me, let me ask you this. Yep. Who do you think is the superior fighter at the moment? Oh, Tim? Nah, Tim? Tim. Yeah, well yeah clearly Tim, yeah. So um, Nikita's very, very promising, and I just loved when he stood back and gave himself a bit of range, yep. uh, the way that he was landing the combinations. And then he'd come in a bit close, and then he'd smother himself a little bit, and you're just thinking, oh, I hope the corner's just saying, come back come back, go one-two, give yourself a bit of range, and effectively that's how we cleaned him up and finished him off. So, look, it's only his second pro fight. Uh, he's got a long way to go, yeah. but so far what you've seen, it's it's very, very exciting. So, um, Pretty good uh, bloodlines. Oh, great bloodlines, aren't they? His aren't father they? was so, unbelievable. Wasn't and we'll, uh, we'll just keep it here to uh, to SEN to find out where uh, where Tim shows up, which will be in the States again, I'm thinking, uh, you know, fairly, fairly soon. Yeah. So still to come this morning on the show, Moose Rebellion. We're going to talk about the Sydney Kings uh, nailing the championship in the NBL. Uh, we've got some horse racing tips to get through as well ahead of the Doombin 10,000 at Eagle Farm later on this afternoon. And shortly, we're going to catch up with Steve Allen as part of Magic Round in the NRL. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. And good morning. We're coming to you live from Terrigal Beach with league legend Michael Butner and Brownie this morning filling in for Steve Allen, who I believe we have on the line right now to talk all things NRL with Magic Round underway. Steve-O, <coughs> are we on a heavy 10 up there, mate? Oh, absolutely, boys. It is, buck- well, not bucketing down, but, uh, gee, it's not like Queensland that I know and love. Uh, yeah, it's miserable. Um, one thing, though, boys, is uh, unlike at home where it's freezing, up here when it rains, it's got that humidity. So, you know, you could almost be in the singlet. Laurie Nichols-style butte. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what else you got for me? Steve, oh, the voice of Suncorp Stadium, mate. How was the games last night? Yeah, obviously, over 40,000 people there. Ooh. And today is going to be an absolute sellout with the mouth-watering uh, contest between the Storm and the Panthers. <clears throat> mate, how is the atmosphere up there at the moment? Yeah, look, a real party atmosphere. Uh, you know, I just came down in the lift. There's a, a random young South Sydney fan looking forward to seeing her team in action later on today. Uh, the, the one that I'm real... I mean, we're all looking forward to the top-of-the-table clash. Uh, Melbourne up against the reigning premiers, the Penrith Panthers. Tomorrow, though, Buttes, like, I think it's mouth-watering because teams three, four, five, and 6 mm. all go at it. Parramatta and the Roosters is huge. And then the Cowboys, uh, the late, late show on Sunday night up against the West Tigers, and they're number three in the competition. Speaking of last night, I just feel like the Bulldogs, well, oh. we're literally rock bottom. <laughs> it's it's actually, Brownie, one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen from our footy club. Uh, yeah. Just so many fundamental errors. I could that's, not that's believe the, what I was... 
Yeah, Steve, that's the same thing. Both you and I being Bulldog supporters, it's it's really hard to watch. We we move the ball around a bit, we do some some good stuff, and then we do school schoolboy errors and just little things that you think that uh, really should have been you know knocked out of a game in the under thirteens or under fourteens, and you just your heart <laughs> just sinks, mate, doesn't it? It just sinks. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly does. And, you know, the scoreline flattered us. Uh, I think mm. Newcastle probably had three or four tries that they kind of bombed over the line or didn't ground. You know, knock-ons over the line, knock-on close to the line. Uh, but, you know, they weren't great either. Uh, it was a, a very ordinary game to watch. And then I think if Manly weren't on 10 competition points, there'd be a Stewart's investigation into them. Uh, <laughs> That's you know, right, th- yeah. Th- well, 38 points to nil. And... You know, it was a big night, Friday night footy, opening opening of the Magic Round, and they just got blown off the park. And Butch and I have spoken about this on the show. Gee, whatever they're paying Adam Reynolds, it's probably not enough. The guy is just an absolute legend. You know, that's what you get when you when you buy a, a top-shelf halfback who can steer his team around the park. His kicking game, exemplary last night. Selwyn Cobbo was the beneficiary, and, you know, again, we saw him in open space, and... He's one of the best movers in rugby league. There's no doubt about that. But they've, they've got a cast, like, they've got some unsung heroes. They're almost doing a bit of a Melbourne view. So I'd like to get your opinion. Mm. Some of their forwards, you probably couldn't name them. But they're playing out of their skin. Yeah, look, I've got to say, Steve, we spoke to Big Dave fairly earlier on. And, you know, he you know, rattled off a whole lot of names that were outstanding last night. But for me, I look at, I look at this club and where they've come over the last two or three seasons. Are you right? The likes of the Payne Haas, who has now gone on to representative football and, you know, is obviously one of the, the premier front rowers in the game. But you've got the likes of Flegler. You've got the likes of Patrick Carrigan, who was enormous last night. Uh, Jordan Ricky in the back row. Um, you know, these young forwards who now... And also young outside backs. You know, Farnsworth. Uh, Tony Stagg has been around for a while, but nevertheless... Um, Selwyn Cobbo and, and what he did last night. They've suddenly got someone who is steering them around the park and it's probably what they've been missing for the last two or three years. Now they've got that in Adam Reynolds. And Steve, I'll sum it up in two words. Master <laughs> class. It, yeah, and another yeah, two yeah, words. Those... Another two words. He was outstanding. Yeah, I, I used those words last night, master class. Uh, two words. Um, I, I tell you... <laughs> I tell you the other thing that Kevy would love, they kept them to nil. Like, it's the yes. biggest scoreline ever against Manly Warringah. Like, so we do it all again today. Um, you know, the, the South and the Warriors are first up. South, mm. I'll watch that game closely, Buttes, because we've spoken about them over the last few weeks. We don't think they're travelling that well, do we? I mean, how do you see that one? Oh. Oh, look, I've tipped the Rabbitohs, but not confidently, I've got to say. And it's only because <laughs> I believe the Warriors have been so poor that I think Seattle would just be that little bit better. But, you know, it just goes to show, we touched on this with Dave Fairley, what a difference it makes when you lose someone like Adam Reynolds in your side. Suddenly the likes of a Cody Walker um, and the outside backs for the South Sydney side, I think they underestimated how much his direction, how much his ability to set things up enabled them to actually execute and, and, and fulfil and play their role uh, as well as they did. And based on that, um, you know, I think they've got a lot of work to do. Ilias really needs to step up, and um, it's big shoes to fill, there's no doubt about it. But uh, another, there's plenty of mouth-watering game, but Steve, none bigger 
than the Panthers versus Storm. Mate. Ooh, uh, what's, your, what's your tip yeah. in this one, Steve? Oh, this is this this could be this could be either way. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm leaning towards Melbourne. I, I just think so far this year. I mean, they've been winning Brownie in a canter. Like mm. they're scoring 50 nearly every week. They scored 70 against the Warriors. Hey, boys, I'm not sure whether it's made the news, but. Um, there was like a massive brawl last night. Has that made the news on SEN? Oh, no. Oh, I not, didn't hear no, that. not that we're aware of, but it was on the footy last night on Channel 9. The, you know, the crowd were a little bit uh, uh, distracted, is the word. And uh, I think Fatty may have indicated that there was a bit of a, a Donnybrook going on within the crowd itself. But uh, fill us yeah, in, Steve. Yeah, was, there, yeah. was there plenty of action? Were you in did, there, mate, throwing oh, any knuckles? Did you, did you need to step in? Oh. <laughs> No, mate, I, I was, uh, and that's one thing about the Bulldogs. Uh, I was pretty pleased to see some of the footage. There was actually a Bulldog fan playing Peacemaker trying to drag people out of it because you think, like what I saw in the lift this morning, you've got a lot of families that are off to the footy, mm. you know, to real celebration of our game. So pretty ugly look. And I know that people showed me some footage of what happened here on Anzac Day where someone was making noise during the, during the minute silence. Yeah, and he got towed up. Yeah, yeah, and so there was a bit of kind of swift justice. So, yeah, I'm yep. just wondering whether that made the news, but, you know, that's probably the only thing that marred what was a fantastic opening day. Uh, 40,000 Friday night in Brisbane doesn't get much better, so really looking forward to it. Hey, boys, have you touched on this morning? I know you were going to talk about the four-gallon fight, Brownie. Have you touched yeah. on that? We have, yeah. mate. Yeah, what, what, we, what were your thoughts, mate, apart from the, the fact that this guy's as tough as nails and has got a heart as big as probably any boxer it's ever fought? Yeah, well, I found it really interesting what he said between rounds, where he's, he said, like, he aged between rounds. And, you know, yeah. the young guy that he was against, bigger, stronger, southpaw, so awkward. Um, mm. And he just kept, just kept tagging him, as you would say in the business, uh, Brownie. Um, and, like, uh, it'd be interesting to see where that guy goes next because there's maybe some talk about uh, Justice Hooney, who's uh, the real deal, isn't he? But what about, um, yeah. did he talk about Molly Picklam coming second no. up on the Gold Coast? No, we haven't talked about her and what a performance it was, runner-up. And, unfortunately, Steve, I, I believe it was the last wave that she got done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you could say that maybe it was a priority error but um you know really difficult conditions kind of almost cyclonic when it finished and molly led the entire way but up against another young gun in fact the girl that remember molly came onto the tour because a girl pulled out a 16 year old from california yeah now this is the young lady uh caitlin simmers so just absolutely fantastic um also one of our dear friends jess grimwood was in commentary up there and she was amazing so, yeah. Mutes, we've got a habit, mate. We've got a now. Look at Brownie. He's going to go on to bigger and better things because he's on our shows. <laughs> yep, mate. We're the two that we. I guess we just provide the the environment, the forum for people just to prosper and grow. Except ourselves. Except uh, ourselves. Well, mate, you're up in Magic Round. I don't know how much more you could excel up there. That's uh, yeah. one great place to be, mate. And you, you, obviously the voice of uh, Suncorp Stadium over the weekend. It's going to be, there's no doubt, it's going to be a great uh, day today. A full house. I, I believe it's absolutely sold out. Uh, let's hope the uh, the ground is able to hold up, mate, because we've got eight games, oh, oh, sorry, another six games coming. Uh, and with the amount of water and rain that's uh, expected, uh, we could be, uh, as Brownie said, what a heavy it? 10. A heavy 10 come uh, <laughs> yeah. Sunday afternoon, mate. So uh, all the best, mate. We thank you for your time. Uh, we've got to head to the news, mate. We'll see you back in the hot seat next week. Uh, I tell you, you two are doing a stellar job back there. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Adam Staples back at headquarters too. And Lachlan, our technician, 
I'll catch you next week. Good on you, buddy. Thanks, mate. It is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Stand by. Coming back shortly with Moose Rebellion to talk about the Sydney Kings champions of the NBL. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. And good morning, it's Brownie filling in for Steve Allen with Michael Butner this morning. Saturdays on the coast on SEN Live from Terrigal Beach and we've got the inflatable, the IRBs doing their, well, they look like the, the, the rubber duckies, basically. Yes. That's probably the easiest way to describe these things. Jumping up and down waves in front of us here. We've got a good crowd out. We're just waiting for this cloud to burn off, but there's plenty of action here on a Saturday at Terrigal Beach. And I've got to say good morning to the team at McDonald Jones Homes as well. Get your dream home started today. Uh, great supporters of uh, Saturdays on the Coast, the team from McDonald's, Jones Homes. Now, shortly we're going to talk to Moose Rebellion. We're going to talk about the Sydney Kings uh, basketball NBL champions, the Sydney Kings. It was great to see. So uh, I don't know if we've got Moose on the line just yet. I don't know. Are you there, Moose? No, no, we don't have him. No, at the we moment. don't have him just That's okay. yet. That's okay. What we'll a, come back to I, him. I tell you, when we do get him, what an outstanding performance it was from the, the Kings. A clean sweep, uh, taking on the Jack Jumpers uh, from Tasmania. Their first season in the NBL, in, in the NBL Brownie. Yep. What yeah. a remarkable story that is, and, and I hope uh, I hope we do manage to get Moose on because uh, just to hear that story and for them to achieve what they were able to do this year was absolutely brilliant. Uh, the Kings. Had to do it. Um, well, they had to do it without their MVP, or the NBL MVP, in games two and three, and that was Jalen Adams. So, uh, you know, a really strong performance from them. And I guess you know the beauty of that is that uh, when we do talk to Moose, it's the biggest crowd they've ever had at the NBL. Amazing, uh, 16, isn't it? Sixteen thousand people on the Wednesday night there at uh, Homebush. There, so an outstanding performance, and we're really looking forward. And look, we've got him on the line now. He's uh, <laughs> Former Sydney Kings, and I know uh, Steve A gives you a hard time about it, Moose, but I, I don't think they're the shortest shorts that uh, have ever been worn by our basketballers, mate. But well, well he's, not, he's, he's not here today, Steve O. Uh, Brownie in filling in for him. Moose, morning, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Yourself, Brownie. Jeez, they've got, they've got the big guns out. No, we've got the big guns, mate. We don't muck around, mate. We, we lose one big dog, we bring in another big dog. What a performance, Moose, it was. The Sydney Kings, their victory over the Jack Jumpers, a clean sweep, broke a 17-year drought. Yeah, quite quite remarkable. I mean, game two was uh, an unbelievable finish, and Vasilovic obviously hit that game winner. But game three as well, without uh, Jalen Adams, without an MVP, mm. your team to uh, to win like they did. You know, all, well, full credit to uh, to the team. I've got to say, Moose, it was pretty tight going into that last quarter um, but it was the Kings who just absolutely dominated and one guy in particular uh, Clark I think it was with uh, 11 points in two and a half minutes in that fourth quarter to make the difference in the game 31-19 the score was in that last quarter and, and that just basically what split the two teams yeah and he, he hadn't hit a basket he hadn't hit a triple until that um period in the game and when he he hit his first and then it just after that it was bang 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 and um i actually said to steve last week when we had uh, you guys at mingara that clark really gives them that x factor and he uh he was really instrumental in that win 
as was uh, Xavier Cooks, the, the team captain, yes. who just outstanding and very, very well deserved to win the MVP uh, for the final series. You know, he's just a player that's really come on this year and uh, full credit to him as a team captain. Did a great yeah. job. He certainly did, mate. And, and what I will say is, mate, the, the Sydney Kings, they've done a remarkable job probably over the last two or three seasons in terms of the way they have really engaged the Sydney public. You know, with 16,000 people rocking up, uh, it's the biggest grand final NBL crowd ever. Uh, and, and it's an absolute credit to Paul Smith and his team who have done a remarkable job and well and truly have put the NBL, and in particular basketball, back on the map. Well, you've, you've said it all, Buttes. I mean, we had Paul Smith, obviously, last week up at uh, the coaching conference, the Regional Academy Conference. Just a lovely guy. And one of the things that stuck with me when he did his breakout session was that they look at things differently. They try and do things differently. And he said, and he quote him, he said, you know, when some people zig, I'll zag, just because we want to be different. And he's done that exceptionally well. I mean, they've got a, a, a I'll say, a ticker tape parade down at the uh, um, overseas terminal, terminal down at the Key today, commencing at 11 o'clock. So they'd be gathering down there to celebrate, and that's because of the connection he has with the, the Premier as the number one ticket holder. So, I mean, they're doing things well. They've engaged the community, and that's why you get 16,500, 17,000 to a, to a grand final game. All credit to them. Most people will probably be unaware that um, Ian Moose Rebuild, who we're chatting to right now, was a former school teacher of mine oh. at uh, Corpus Christi at Tugra. <laughs> and, uh, and I can remember back in those school days, mate, actually it was, it was a couple of years before that when I was in year, year 10, that uh, myself and uh, our sports class used to go down. We, we had a couple of trips down with school to watch the Sydney Kings game back in the days when Moose Rebuild was, was a, a Sydney King. Yes, of course. And, uh, <laughs> mate, they used to be such exciting times, mate. So it must there must be... Uh, I don't know if it was a tear in the eye or a great feeling of pride that your Sydney Kings had done it again, mate. How was the feeling for you personally? Yeah, no, I mean, having played and, well, coached and CEO'd the club, mm. the club at all stages, I've, I've seen it all from the court to the sideline of the court to the, to the front office. Look, I, I mean, it's great to see them win. It's a long drought from, you know, 17 years. And everyone thought that they would sweep it against um, Tasmania. But I'll tell you what, all credit to them as well. They, they were absolutely outstanding. It wasn't a series, you know, well, it was a clean sweep, but it was done in difficult circumstances without the MVP. So you just feel a sense of pride. I feel mm. really pleased for Paul Smith because he's taken some risks and those risks have paid off. Yeah, and I guess what you, you know, we've got to give credit to the Jack Jumpers. Their oh, first season in first the NBL. Season. It oh. is absolutely a phenomenal effort to actually make the finals uh, and to put up such a strong uh, competition as they did, bearing in mind that they also had some uh, uh, injuries and also sickness, I think, leading into the final series, which didn't help uh, them. They needed to be at full strength to uh, really test this Sydney Kings lineup. You know, they lost two players in the last game, and that, again, gave opportunities. And I looked at the fellow, Jock Perry, who's, you know, stepped in for McVeigh. McVeigh was out, and he'd, he'd actually been one of their better players, probably behind Adams. And, uh, you know, Perry, honestly, as a rookie, did exceptionally well. You know, it's a, he's a player that's come out of the Melbourne Tigers under 
Andrew Gay, so his pedigree is very good. And to see people like that step up to the plate, Nick Daniels was another one. I'll give Matty Kenyon a call out. He did play a lot in the third game, but he's been a real contributor to their club. So, again, you know, they're a team to watch and they're a team still on the rise. And, Moose, just, uh, I do need to have a shout-out. Uh, one of the local boys for the Sydney Kings, Jaden Hodson, uh, was a part of the Sydney Kings uh, team throughout the year and uh, great to see a local boy do well. Yeah, he's he's a development player. I think he got to suit up a few times during yep. the season. Um, and he's a bit like, you know, Callum Jenkins and James Trustrom who'd come through that type of development DP program. Jaden was one of those in, in that... Um, he was a position that held a development spot within the club. So, you know, again, another another local that's uh, been given the opportunity, which is good to see. From the Central Coast Academy of Sport, former Kings player, former Kings coach and CEO and my ex-teacher, Ian Moose Rebellion. <laughs> thanks for joining us this morning, buddy. Great to chat with you again. Good on you, Brownie. Appreciate it, mate. All the best. Thanks, Biz. It is Saturdays on the coast at SEN, and we'll be back after this short break. We've got horse racing to yep. chat as we come to you live from Terrigal Beach. And, and speaking Matt, of... And we've got Matt Slattery. He's, gonna, he's been out in the boat. Have a look at him. He's all decked out in his uh, uh, wetsuit and his uh, life jacket. He's going to have a few words to us and let us know what's going on out there. Coming up in minutes, Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. And good morning. It's Brownie filling in with Steve Allen. Uh, for Steve Allen, along with your regular host, Michael uh. Butner, coming to you live from Terrigal Beach. There is action aplenty. Uh, we're just waiting for this cloud to burn off. We yeah. can see some blue sky behind it. But a beautiful day to come on out and check out Terrigal Beach today, Butte. And we're on the home straight, uh, Brownie, with uh, 15 minutes to go. And very fortunate to be joined by the president of the Surf Life Saving Central Coast and president of North Avoca Surf Club. Matt Slattery. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Mate, yeah, you're out amongst it. Have a look at you. You've decked out in your wetsuit. You've got your bloody uh, life vest life jacket, on. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're ready to go, mate. And uh, tell us a bit what's been going on out there. Yeah, so this is uh, round one of the, the New South Wales Premiership where all the clubs in the state can compete in IRB racing. So IRB is the inflatable rescue boat. Yep. Um, we've got 10 lanes on the, on, on the beach and each club will be allocated a lane for each event. And we race out to uh, pick up patients. It's basically a simulation of you know our our primary rescue tool on the beach, doing doing the rescues. Yeah. Round one of how many? Uh, we've got uh, four rounds and then a state titles. Yeah. Right. Okay. And mate, what what's your role in the uh, in the IRB? What's your role? Are you? So I, I do a bit of everything. Um, yeah. I'm the team manager, our team coach. Yeah. Um, I'll drive in some of our events and then act as a crewy as well. He's not a patient. No, definitely There's not no a patient. way they're pulling him out of the water. That's all I know. He's a big unit, Matt. There's but no way they're trying to pull you very, out of the Very water. early on I learned that one. <laughs> Mate, uh, so we were talking to Don earlier on about the, the different type of races. Yep. Do you compete in all of them? Yep, yep. So there's the straight-out rescue, which is basically just picking up one patient. Uh, a mass rescue where the team will do two laps, pick up a patient each lap. Uh, a tube rescue, yeah, so I'm a swimmer in that one. Tube yeah. swimmer jumps out at the back and pulls your patient back into the boat. And a team's race where basically there's two teams and they change over. 
do you have to do any running amongst that oh, yourself? A little bit, and it you hurts, do. It so, hurts. so the chafe comes into uh, the equation, <laughs> does it, mate? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so one of the one of the uh, the unfortunate side effects of competing in these sort of competitions. Yeah, yeah, you're you're in and out of the water, obviously, in wetsuits, yeah. and uh, then walking up and down the beach. Yeah, mate. How, you know what? I've got to say, it's probably a good day for it. Like I couldn't imagine if you were doing this. When the sun's built, belting down, and the, the sun would be nice. Normally, um, you know, we're we're through the winter season, so this this um, series is run from the end of the summer yep. uh, patrol season through till you know July, and and it's often poor weather. It's cold. It's raining. So days like today are amazing. It's like, a bonus. It's, you know, twenty five, nice and warm. The water's still twenty two degrees. So oh, gonna, yeah. we're loving it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, mate, so at the moment, what have we got going on at the moment? They've got some rescues going on here. Um, so this looks like uh, one of the mass races. Yep. Um, so the crew's just left the beach and conducting their first pickup. So they've picked up their first patient. Yep. They'll return to shore with them. The driver will get out and run up and around a, a bubble or a cone for their lane. While they're doing that, the crewman and the, and the patient are going to turn the boat around. Yep. Get it, get it set. That and was a tough landing. driver what? will re-enter. And then they'll go out and pick up their second one. Mate, how important is, you know, different aspects? And what's the key, do you think, um, of a successful race? Yep. So it's getting all the small things right. Yeah. Um, All the engines and all the equipment are pretty much the same across the board. Um, But the teams need to train and practice to get all those little fine parts perfect for every race. I think old mate's missed a gear there. Yeah. He's, gone, he's, he's jumped from second to fourth. Well, that's that's the surf too. Like, and that's why we do it. We, we love it. But having a bit of a challenging conditions is that, you know, lane one might have a bit of a wave in front of them, but lane eight gets a nice flat run and they're away. So, you know, there's that luck of the draw as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, I guess there's so many factors that come into play here um, in relation to you could be, you could have ticked all these boxes and had an amazing race or, or you know, everything's, you know. You've, Perfect. You can put it all together. And then you get this road wave that comes up or you get a, exactly. a lane that just absolutely destroys any yep. hope that you've got. Exactly, yep. Yeah, right, okay. Mate, it's such an interesting sport and obviously there's um, a big day today. They go all the way through to about 3.30, 4 o'clock and then there's finals tomorrow. Yeah, so there's around 117 races in total. Wow. Um, so today, yeah, the, the organisers trying to get through to about event 70, 80. Yep. And then we'll finish off some semi-finals and finals tomorrow. Fantastic. Okay, so uh, plenty of action this afternoon. So if you're looking for something to do, Coasties, come to Terrigal Beach and check out the action. Uh, we reckon this cloud's going to burn away, as we mentioned, and it's going to be a beautiful day to not only walk along Terrigal Beach, but check out this fantastic uh, action as well with the IRB. So new president of Surf Life Saving uh, Central Coast and the president of North of Voca. So many president roles there. Matt Slattery, good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us Thanks this morning. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks very much, Matt. El Appreciate all right, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and wrap up the show with some horse racing action from Doombin. Well, it's not from Doombin, the Doombin 10,000 from Eagle Farm today. So we've got a couple of tips, hopefully find a couple of winners. We'll come back with that shortly here on Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Welcome back to Saturdays on the Coast, and it's Michael Butner and Brownie joining you from Terrigal Surf Club. And uh, we're just about to wrap up the show, but before we do that, I have got a... Uh, a text message from Fergie, who's all the way out in Dubbo, Brownie. Wow. Uh, he's from Robson. He's part of the Robson Civil crew. Brilliant. Uh, and the boys are out there in Dubbo 
pumping the uh, the show out on their speakers, on their bulldozers. So a big shout-out <laughs> to the boys from Robson Civil out at Dubbo who are, uh, yeah, tuning in and listening to our Dolson. Shenanigans. Yes, whatever. Working hard, doing a good job, the team there for They Robson. certainly are, mate. Now, listen, you've done a hell of a lot of work in terms of you love your racing. <laughs> mate, this is your section. Let's take it away. Give us some yeah, tips. Well, Give I'll our listeners some tips, mate. Before we get to the big racing today, the big racing news is champion Australian horse, very elegant, mm-hmm. uh, has probably run her very last race here in Australia. She's actually been transferred to France to a new trainer to be aimed at the Arc de la Triomphe at the end of this year. So uh, she's no longer going to be with Chris Waller. They've parted ways amicably. It was fantastic. And uh, former Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup winner, 11-time Group 1 winner, very elegant, is going to go overseas. A few and, dollars? Uh, well, not so much prize money. I think the owners have done what they want to do here in Australia, and they'd love to win something in Europe. So right. the owners are, are, are all behind it, and she'll come back here after she's finished a racing career. So good luck to her over there. Uh, big race today, Group 1, Doombin 10,000, uh, which is happening at Eagle Farm this year. It's been transferred. It's a Group 1 wait for rage. We get to see the exciting Mar- Zoo tackle the top grade. Now, he's won four on the trot this prep. Uh, $3 favourite. Maybe might blow out a little bit, but he's taken on some well-credentialed horses today, like Kamantari, uh, Vega 1, Zoo Style, Rothfire, Isotope, Paul Laley. So, any of these can win. I, I actually think on a wet track up there, and there's a, it's a soft six with, um, with showers. A little each-way bet on maybe Vega 1 and Zoo Style. I think you're getting about 20 and 40 to 1, mm. respectively, for those two horses there. So, uh, they, will be, uh, they will run big, big races today, but look, the, the two bets that I'm keen on to take today are both happening at Scone. It's a heavy nine track, and the first one uh, comes up in race eight, horse number three, Monogal. Now, today, Monogal's going to be about 30 or $35, so we're going to get a big price here, but she can run a big race today. She's she's had a freshen up, and she performs well off a freshen up. 1,400 metres. She's got a good barrier. She's going to sit midfield behind a good early tempo, which is really going to suit her. She absolutely loves the wet. And at that price, around $35, she's definitely worth an each-way uh, a go there. So, Scone, race eight, horse number three, Monegal. Uh, my best bet of the day comes up at Scone. It's in the last. It's race 10, horse number one, Athelric. And Athelric will be around the $3 mark. So, look, this is a win bet bet for me. Um, he's a classy boy from the Godolphin stable. He's finally hit his straps and put it all together into his fourth, fourth prep. He, he raced early against strong opposition and strong company. But um, And I just thought maybe he doesn't go too well in the wet uh, or maybe he's not quite up to them. Well, right now, he's up to them. His last two races in the wet, he's uh, he's done amazing performances to win by space jobs. And I think today he gets in uh, nicely with 58 kilos after the claim. He gets a wet track as well, uh, and I think it'll be a win bet proposition in the last Scone race 10, number one, Athelric to win. So the two bets, Scone race eight, number three, Monagle each way, Scone race 10, number one, win bet on Athelric. Thank you very much, Brownie. Uh, if you're going to have a bet, uh, do it responsibly. Exactly. And a big thank you to uh, Lockie, our technician, Adam back at HQ, mm. and of course Brownie, thank you very much for filling in for steve You did an amazing job. That Saturday's on the coast. We'll see you all again next week. Looking forward to it. With Steve Allen back in the chair.